I'm so excited to be here in Basement Studio today with my good friend, Big Ian. We're going to explain why it's Big Ian, because we've got something new happening that I want to be involved with, will be involved with, and it's big news. So, Ian, what's the big issue? Thanks, Lex. Really great to be here. Really appreciate the opportunity to come down and talk to you. So, um, Big Ian. Why, why Big Ian? Okay, two main reasons. First of all, um, I'm Big Ian in my family because there are two Ian Skinners. Uh, and it can get very confusing, both from a personal perspective and from a, uh, a business perspective, when people call and ask to speak to Ian. Generally, the question is, Ian who? Uh, and the, the response is Ian Skinner. Mm -hmm. And so they say, oh, well, there are two. So they say, well, okay, then whoever runs the company, and that happens to be me, Big Ian. Um, so, and the second reason is that we've got an exciting new adventure about to start, which is called the Business Improvement Group. It's an acronym, B-I-G. Well, we hope to become known as Big Another main reason, I hope, for people to call me or refer to me as Big Ian. Excellent. Big on success, big on business, big on mentoring. Big on everything. Mentoring in particular is something that we want to talk about and we want to create an awareness about because we think that mentoring is one of the best ways that we can find of helping people to develop themselves on a personal level and on a business perspective as well. Fantastic. So you are tuned in to the Boardroom Network podcast now on iTunes, which I am super excited about. And today is the magic of mentoring with Ian Skinner and me, Lex McKee. So Ian, I know you're ready for these questions. First of all, the what? What is mentoring? So for me, mentoring is the opportunity to speak to someone who has a lot of experience, both in life and in business. Someone that is prepared to pass on the information and knowledge through conversation, uh, through opportunities of learning, to give answers to solutions that some people just don't know. After all, many of us in business start at the bottom and just don't know what we don't know. I believe that mentoring is a very economic way and a very expeditious way of helping people to learn things to help them become better equipped for their business lives. So if I can share one of my, my little bits of pain, because uh, our audience are used to me being very transparent about my own life journey, I actually find coaching a little bit irritating when you pay a reassuringly expensive fee for someone to move your business forward in a big way. I kind of want an expert is going to tell me some things that I need to do. Is that fair or am I? I, I think you're absolutely right. But I also believe that paying vastly exorbitant um, fees isn't any sure way of guaranteeing the quality or getting the right answer. I think the only way you can be guaranteed of getting the right answer is to deal with someone with experience, someone with integrity, and someone that will tell you, actually, you want to think about this, not just do as I say, but think about this it's before right. you act. Own it, yeah. One of the other things for us uh, at the BIG is that we want to explode a particular myth. Uh, and we absolutely fundamentally believe that expense is no guarantee of quality. We believe that fundamentally... Good training is affordable to everyone. Yes. We just have to find a way of sharing that with people, and we think we've found that. And that's really cool, isn't it? Because I, I've had the luxury, the privilege, and the honour. I'm, I'm very glad to call you a friend. I know, Thanks. I like, I trust you, because we've had that time to build that relationship that you talk about in mentoring. I'd love to hear, so that our listeners can hear, some of your story, because I know your experience is exciting, varied, and life-affirming. Tell us a bit about your journey. Well, my journey started many years ago being one of a large family. Um, I was born the middle child um, of 11 children. What? 11 children. Wow. Six sisters and five boys. Um, I was the middle child. 
Um, at the time I was born, of course, I was the sixth child and, and was the youngest, uh, for obvious reasons. <laughs> but five came after me, yes. uh, so a large family. And what that family life taught us was competition. It also taught us about resilience. It also taught us about independence. It also taught us about standing by what we believe in. Our parents taught us to challenge, challenge everything. Just not because you wanted to be awkward, but if you didn't believe that something should be done in a certain way, then challenge it. But challenge it alone is not enough. You also have to be able to volunteer alternative ways of Brilliant. creating yeah. the same, um, sorry, the, the same answer or the same solution. So our early life was spent um, operating in an environment where money was very tight. And as a young child, we learned very quickly how to make a pound. Uh, what we used to refer to as a pound note. Some of our younger listeners probably won't even realise what a pound note is. But I certainly do, and I know the value of a pound. Um, we hit on very quickly that if you have a particular market and you know how to exploit that, there's money to be made. And that carried, kind of carried um, through with my life all the way up until this point now. Even in the Royal Navy, when I joined as a 16-year-old baby chef, we found the value of being able to provide services to other people that they couldn't manage themselves, and there was a way to make money. It also meant that I don't think I paid for a single pint of beer for the whole eight weeks of my basic training wow. because of the skills that I'd learned of being part of a large family. Move that on through my, my um, physical career in both the Navy and in business and commerce, and we get to the point where I've had so many opportunities to work uh, and developing um, businesses and people. And, and somebody asked me only last week, um, are you returning or are you reinventing yourself with the advent of the Business Improvement Group? And I said, no, I'm not. This is something I'm returning to. I reinvented myself 25 years ago. Now I'm returning to what I'm most passionate about. Somebody very wise once said to me, do something that you love. Do something that you're passionate about. And you'll never have to work a day That's in your right. life. Well, I'm looking forward to not having to work for the rest of my life, which is why I've started the Business Improvement Group. With the luxury of knowing some of your background... Uh, for me, what you're going to be offering through the, the big incentive is value-driven mentoring, both at the financial level, but also in terms of values. And part of that story is your dear mum. So tell me about the influence mum had on your values. Yes, thank you. I, I, and, and, and you've got me, um, thankfully, uh, to talk about one of my favourite subjects. Yeah. Mum plays a, a, an essential part in my upbringing. Uh, and, and a few months ago, I delivered a, a, a keynote presentation at, at a mutual networking event that we, we belong, uh, um, that we attend regularly. Uh, and I spoke about strong women in my life yes. and how they've become a, a real driver for what I do and how I do things. Mum in particular, having raised 11 children and having worked all her life to quite a senior level in the care industry. You might think, where the hell would she find additional level of care for other sure. people as well as her own family? But my mum, Nora, was an incredible woman. She is just about the most incredible woman I've ever met. And if my wife lives as long as my, as my mum did, I'm sure she'll catch up. Yes. But she's quite happy to accept that my mum was an incredible, incredible part of my life. Mum taught us the values that we have, um, the honesty and integrity, which is not for sale at any price. Mm. We, we have never and we will never go against our core values of honesty and integrity. Uh, and I think those family values being brought up as a child of the 60s and early 70s is really what set me up for the rest of my life. So honesty, integrity, these are non-negotiable. And you've been a bit of a troublemaker over your uh, many years of experience. I think we were talking about 35 years business career. 
Haven't you? I have been known to get into a few scrapes. <laughs> yes, and, and it's this thing about challenge and not accepting the status quo just because someone says that's how it should be. Uh, the establishment, as they'd like to call themselves, always want people to follow a particular line, yes. and it's generally the line of least resistance. Yes. I've never been that follower. Um, it got me in trouble at school. It got me in trouble in the Royal Navy. It's got me in trouble in my career. But I have no problem with getting in trouble because do you know what I'm best at? Is get myself out of trouble. And I think that fundamentally, if people believe you and believe your honesty and integrity is what you're driving with, then then people will actually respect and, and, and hopefully accept that it's not coming from a point of, of, of malicious behaviour. It's coming from a place where you fundamentally believe in what, you, what you're trying to do and you won't be, you won't be changed from that. That's interesting then, isn't it? Because there's the foundation of honesty, integrity, transparency. Once that's broadcast, it's okay to challenge, and that's exactly what I want from a mentor. I want them to see me in a way that I'm not seeing myself, hold that mirror up and go, have you thought about these options? So is that what you're offering? I think, yes, it's really important to understand that I think the role as a mentor is not just about passing information or giving information, but to challenge people, to challenge their ideas, to challenge their views, to get them to challenge themselves to get them to think in a way which they're perhaps not used to thinking about mm. for themselves. Mm. And that, generally speaking, people who set themselves up in business have a number of reasons they do that. And one is because they believe in themselves and they want to do things in a particular way. Well, that's okay up to a point, but what if you've not experienced another way? Mm. What if there are other ways out there that you've not heard of or don't know about? Who's going to let you into those new ideas and those new concepts? And that's really important to me as a mentor to actually get people to see other ideas, to see other experiences and say, you know what, in a protected environment, I can try that. Yes. It's low risk. Yes. You, you're inspiring, actually. This morning I spent some time with uh, Andy and Ali Edwards, the motivational speaker. Okay. And Ali is very involved with the business as well. We were talking about video, but he was talking about memory. I have a, a passion for memory. And he remembers codes like his phone by the pattern, which is quite a dominant um, expression of haptic memory, the muscle memory where we move things around. He saw a client get into a building and then she couldn't remember a code. He said, well, I can show you the pattern and did it. So what you're offering people are new patterns that they haven't explored before. Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think you can only offer these from a basis of experience yes. and, and from having tried and failed. I mean, uh, let, let's be absolutely clear. Yeah. What, what I know today is not about um, success and everything I've tried. There have been failures along the way. And I don't believe you can learn entirely from success. You show me a man that's never failed, and I'll show you someone who's not been entirely honest. Yes, they've not stretched themselves. They've not stretched themselves. Every time you fail, you get the opportunity to try something different. Yes. So it's not about how many times you get knocked down. It's how many times you get up. That's the part that I think fundamentally some people fail at in business, is not having that inbuilt resilience. That is a, a, an often left out part of the equation. If you cannot find a way of being resilient, my suggestion is go and find a job working for someone else. Let them be resilient. Now you're talking about the entrepreneurial mindset, aren't you? This is I very am, different. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're going to come back to big, but let's explore mentoring okay. as a subject. So what are the origins of mentoring? So I'm not uh, generally a person for doing uh, much research. I generally use my extensive experience yes. as my reason for explaining what I do. But I looked up the word mentor 
and found that it has Greek origins and comes from a time when um, Odysseus decided to go and fight in the Trojan Wars. And he was a little bit concerned about leaving his family and his son behind. Uh, and he asked a, a good friend, uh, someone, a character called Mentor, if he'd keep an eye on this Mentor character was, was very old and very wise. And he said, yeah, of course, mate. He said, I'll look after your family while you're off playing fights. Um, and so subsequently... Uh, mentors become synonymous with wise, with with knowledge, with with um, consideration and care for people in the community that are looking after. So that's why I'm really keen to advocate that kind of care for the people that I've been mentoring and working with. There's almost, well, there isn't almost, there's definitely an emotional intelligence side to that. Then, So we're talking about honesty, we're talking about integrity, but now care, which you mentioned with your mum as well and her tradition so that's i think the caring aspect for me I, I, well I, I i couldn't do i couldn't do one without the other no. I, I know of mentors that that keep things on a strictly need to know or knowledge based relationship uh, i think it's almost impossible yeah. not to have that emotional tie in with people that i'm going to mentor after all i will be getting to know them almost intimately i'll be getting to know about the things in their mind and in their head, what they're thinking about, because that's really important. They need to be able to trust that they can share that with me. Mm. And that share and that care, and I learned from my five-year-old grandson, after all, sharing is caring. It's really important that the people that I work with know that I care about them on a personal and professional level. That's interesting you should say that, because I quite often end up as a therapist when I'm doing coaching and mentoring, but I do care. And I think you've got written across your forehead what I've got written across my forehead, which is you can talk to me and what goes on tour stays on tour. That, that's so vital, isn't and, it? And I think that's, that's, you pick up on a really important part. And, 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 and I ask people for feedback why they come and speak to me. And they say, because you're an open book, Ian. Yeah. You look like the page is already open at a particular page. We just need to know what paragraph to tap into. Uh, and that approachability, I think, is really, really important that people feel confident and comfortable that they come and speak to you. I think also the reputation I have of being a confidant is something that's very important. Mm. People respect the fact that if they speak to me in confidence, it won't go any further. You can talk to me. It's still not going any further. Brilliant. Let's tackle the issue of price. Uh, I love to buy things. I really dislike being sold to. I buy things that I see value in. So why is mentoring important? Why is mentoring valuable? Okay, great question. And I also, um, having run um, four businesses um, prior to the one that I'm starting now, and just so that it's said, this will be a business that I will expect to make a profit. Yes. This is not a charitable organisation that we're setting up or some kind of foundation. So at some stage, I will expect the business to make a profit. But I think it's also to, important to remember that, yes, I grew up knowing the value of a pound note. And even now, I will maximise every pound that I spend to get the best value. I don't necessarily go out looking for the cheapest. If I see something priced in a particular way and it represents good value for money and is what I'm looking for, I won't quibble. But of course, I do like to have a deal like most people in business. Yeah, yeah. But I think you're absolutely right about the value proposition why would people pe people pay for mentoring as opposed to anything else? I think the most important issue or aspect of mentoring is the person-to-person -person contact. This is something I feel that has to be able to be done face-to-face. -face. 
in a quiet area where only the two of you are in the conversation. Yes. And I think the value of someone's experience who's been in business for over 30 years, who's lived a life rich, of full of experiences and occurrences, uh, part of which was spending nine years in the Royal Navy traveling the world, seeing other cultures and witnessing how people live and how they deal with their day-to-day -day challenges. The value for me is, is, is being 60 years old and offering that rich experience. I don't think I could have done this when I was 40. I think I've had to wait to get to this age to be able to give the value that I can offer through the life that I've lived. Wow. I'm going to take you back to one of your businesses, your cleaning business, okay. and ask you to tell us specifically about that business. And the reason I'm going to do that is that you framed the cost of your personnel in a, in a way that I thought, wow, that is really an excellent value proposition. Do you remember when we had that conversation in the past? I, I, I think I do, yes. I mean, we've had so many conversations, Lex. Um, I should write them all down, then I can refer to them. <laughs> but uh, importantly, when we set out um, our strategy for the type of clients that we want to capture or attract... And this um, is a living business. So and this is a living business. Tell them what the business is. So, so our cleaning business, a specialist cleaning business, has been operating for over 20 years. Uh, and what we're most proud about is the incredible names on our client list, names that lots of our competitors would really like to have on their client list. But these didn't happen by accident, and most of them didn't happen by referral. They came through specific targeting, through us looking at the type of clients we'd like to do business with, who share the same values and the same ethos. In particular, looking for educated buyers who already know what it is they need, mm -hmm. and they know what would ex they'd expect to pay for it, and actually don't mind paying a premium for the high level of service that we promise to deliver. We could be far busier, don't get me wrong. Yeah. We could be a huge business if we wanted to be busy fools. But I don't want to be a busy fool. Uh, I don't want my staff to be a busy fool. And more importantly, the family members that are the backbone of our business, I don't want them to be busy fools either. Which means that if people say, oh, the first question they ask is, how much is it? Yes. They're probably not going to get on with us no. because they're looking at costs rather than value or what they like to get out of it. So we look at it from a point of view of, what problems can we solve? What pain can we take away? What headaches can we take away from you? How can we resolve these problems so you don't have to think about them? And what are you prepared to pay for that? If they can answer those questions in a positive light, then I think we're going to get on and we're going to have a long-term relationship. That's allowed us to build some relationship with some of the strongest names out there in our industry. And somebody said, do you do domestic properties? And I said, yes, we do. And probably the biggest domestic property we do is Blenheim Palace. <laughs> it, it is still a domestic property. It's still it's lived in. Yes. <laughs> uh, but it's one of, the, one of the places that obviously most people know when you mention it. But from a commercial point of view, we look after buildings such as the Gherkin in central London. We look after the National Portrait Gallery, the British Library. We look after St Pancras Grand, the Barbican, Vintners Hall. Locally, we look after Portsmouth Guild Hall. Sorry, we look after hotels in Southampton, one of them being the biggest, that, which is, was recently called the Grand Harbour, now called the Leonardo. Yep. Okay? So we target very specific parts of our industry. And our key phrase is, if you don't see value in what we do, you're probably not going to work with us. I'm going to lead you in two ways. So number one, it was something you said about your staff pricing. So let that okay. sit at the back of your head for a moment. Okay. Let's come back to the mentoring. I'm really excited about what I'm hearing. I think that if you were mentoring me, you would be getting me, encouraging me, whatever language one would use around that, to target the kind of customers I want. For example, 
I had a dream to work with the Natural History Museum and ended up doing some work with them. Is that part of the package? So uh, I think that dreams can play a large part of what you do. And, and sometimes dreams or visualisation is an important way of deciding whether there's a particular customer you want. But whether it's a dream or whether it's an active targeting session, we was all, always advocate that you use the laser-like focus yes. to target the customers you want rather than the scattergun approach. Right. Now, I appreciate that if you're a farmer, scattergun probably works pretty well if you're trying to blast someone up the backside right, from yeah. 20 yards. Yeah. But if you're trying to capture a very specific customer, then you need to learn about that customer, learn about their needs, even before you speak to them. Find out as much as you can about that customer so that when you make that initial contact, you've got some background, you've got some perspective, and you actually you can pitch to them without them realising you're pitching. Very, very important to understand what my mentees require in terms of their customers, the type of customers they want. We can then help them to develop a, a plan at how they're going to attract these customers because I think that's got to be the plan, attraction as opposed to capturing. Make them want to buy from you rather than you try to sell that's, to them. That's not selling then, is it? If it's no, it's not. It, it's absolutely not. Uh, um, um, and in our business, we don't sell anything. People buy from us because of who we are and, and what we mean to and them. I like that. We don't sell anything. We don't, don't buy from thing. I've never sold anything in my life. Fantastic. We're going to take a short break there. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Ian's passion for sales because you're one of the few people I know who are proud to be a, I know we've just said we don't sell anything that people buy no, from us attractive, but, but yeah, you're but you're that. proud of the identity of being a salesperson. So we're back after the jingle. This episode of the TBN Tuesday podcast is sponsored by three businesses, the first of which is the Boardroom Network, making the most of your business networking time. Business networking can be hit and miss, and joining the wrong network can be a costly mistake in time, money, and commitment. The Boardroom Network helps you make the most of your time. We offer you an opportunity to make quality contacts and meet like-minded professional decision makers representing anything from entrepreneurial startups to established companies. Our structured format is a mixture of short presentations, personal introductions and relaxed conversation over an excellent breakfast. We currently offer three venues every month in Wiltshire, Hampshire and Dorset. If you'd like to discover more, go to theboardroomnetwork.com. 